Lovely as her heart, Tamara Fasano turned north on McClendon Street on her way to the freeway, which would take her home to Janie and Seth. It wasn't supposed to be like this, but they had made their choices, she and her husband, for a nicer home and fancier vacations. Somewhere on that path, their priorities shifted. The time she wanted to spend with the children was sacrificed to 60-hour work weeks and nights like tonight. Janie had taken it the hardest, not understanding why the cake she and her little brother Seth made after school with Juanita would have to wait until tomorrow. Tamara explained, but really, how could a ten-year-old understand the notion of working to past nine o'clock p.m. on your birthday? She sighed heavily. At seven, Seth had probably understood even less. Kyle had actually taken it worse, though, but that wasn't a surprise. Things were strained between them and only getting worse. Ever since their romance began in college 17 years ago, he'd sent her mixed colored roses on her birthday. Today, none had come. And tonight, intent on going to some stupid office party, he'd bluntly hung up in her ear when she'd asked him to get home early because she had to work late. That was a first. And once her fury subsided, she'd taken refuge in her spread sheets determined to talk to him in the morning after things cooled off. Ripping his head off when she got home would do no good, especially since he willingly moved to the couch these days anyway. A Prius cut into her lane at the on-ramp, forcing her to hit the brakes and momentarily lose her train of thought. She heard the crunch of gravel beneath the tires of her SUV as she hit an uneven patch of road. The Prius sped off onto the freeway ahead of her, as she held back the urge to lay on the horn. The night bloomed full around her, a swath of stars like paint specks off to her left, a waning moon directly overhead. She took a deep breath and turned on the radio, channel surfing until she came across a Dave Matthews song, yet another reminder of her college days, and settled in for the ride home. Trying not to think about Seth, she stared through the windshield at the sporadic red maze of taillights ahead of her across all four lanes everyone jockeying for position, even though there was no real traffic to speak of at this hour. Habits die hard. What was that quote? Habit is a second nature which prevents us from knowing the first. Something like that. Working late, always hurrying, and treating traffic like mortal combat. They were all habits. Everyone had them. And little Seth was no exception. In fact, his whole world was still about routine, like Mommy reading him a book after his shower, both of which she had missed tonight. Radiohead flooded the speakers next. She thought of changing the station, but didn't really care enough to follow through. Drained, the road ahead no longer seemed to have an end, as if the home she was headed to was getting further away instead of closer. It was an odd thought. She didn't like it so she tried to ignore it. She pulled her hair back and rubbed her neck. The meeting for the East Coast Project had extended well past dessert. Tim and Ben tried their best to hold the line on support and implementation strategies, but the German client was relentless, wanting drill-downs on almost every issue. How many assembly plans could the sales center support? How many employees could be squeezed into part-time slots? It didn't help that he'd also had an instant eye for Tamara, who was the lead on the project.
Evidently, in some perverted male way, being a female leader made her something to conquer, as much as any price point or contract nuance. Since many of their contracts were with EU firms, she was used to the European male approach to business, so this didn't bother her too much at first. At least he wasn't Italian. They were the worst. She tolerated it, and yes, even used a little innocent flirtation to get what she wanted from time to time. In a man's world, it was a woman's prerogative, and she wasn't going to apologize for it. Tonight, though, with thoughts of her daughter's pleas to come home and her birthday cake waiting, she was in no mood. The meeting didn't go badly, but it wasn't a home run either, making the sacrifices of the evening only harder to accept. She dazed out, awake but mostly on autopilot, vaguely hearing blind Melon come and go, then Bowie.